What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. Duke, Brandon, and Lucas look forward to putting their meat on the table in 2021 and beyond. Football is finally here. Like, it's it's officially here. Football season is back, and we are here to cover it for you. Obviously, we don't know if he's in quote-unquote football shape, but me personally, I think he's going to come out super rejuvenated and just absolutely eat people alive. Okay, dude, you've been feeding us the same crap for three years now, going on four. Like, until we actually see this, we need to stop giving Matt Nagy the benefit of doubt that it's just going to happen. Listen, it's chicken or egg at this point. We're back. I am all the way reeled in on this team. I don't know how they continue to do it, but Justin Fields is our quarterback, and there is nobody on God's earth that can tell me anything otherwise that this team is not trending in the right direction. We ain't leaving. We ain't leaving. <laughs> You're such a jack. We ain't fucking leaving! What is going on, everyone? Welcome back. Um, go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sports Net for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas on Tap, and I'm also joined by that pod guy, Duke Duke Coughlin, and Beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez. We are covering the post game, prime time Sunday night beatdown in SoFi Stadium. Um, yeah, the Rams wore out the the Bears for sure. It was a uh, it was tough. If I could summarize the game in any way, I would say it was very similar to a lot of Bears games in a sense of the feeling where it's like the score is a lot closer at halftime than it feels to be. You feel very hopeless while the game is happening and actually felt a little bit more hopeless today by uh, because of the defense. You know what I mean? And, and I don't want to go overboard on the offensive side of things because it was – somewhat competent they got first downs i guess which is better than three and outs but 14 points is 14 points but gentlemen how we doing um you know probably about as good as we're gonna do after a bears loss like this uh you know i think he nailed nailed on the head it was uh one of those games where it just uh kind of felt hopeless after a while uh the final score does do justice to how much disparity there was in this game um there just there was there was not a lot of good things to go on here like there there really wasn't the disparity was line was great oh man dude it, it seriously man like it it was a bad game it was a very very bad game to watch it really was and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna go over it how's beat on doing over there a winnable game to say the least but again a bald guy who doesn't wear a visor now so I, I guess you could say there's chance to be trusted, but after tonight's performance, not not putting any faith in him. And bubble screens and, and fucking bullshit is what it should be called because that's what it always is. You know, party and bullshit. No, it's bubble screens and bullshit from now on. And, you know, you take a couple drives in that game. If you can get one more first down, you're in field goal range for Cairo Santos and Maybe a couple things go our way down the stretch instead of just a bunch of ball farting, and it's not a 20-point loss. But in typical Bears fashion, the defense couldn't have stopped Malcolm in the fucking middle if Degrassi was his goddamn quarterback. And that was it. They gave up like three third downs that were like 9, 10 yards, maybe even 15. For example, Nagy at the end, 
Let's give them a penalty. We'll let them run another play, and then they get the first down. So it was from top to bottom just a shit show, and there wasn't too many bright spots. Like Duke said, Justin Fields looked good. David Montgomery is about as good as we're going to get. Beanon, you hosting a telethon over there? Yes, sir. What's going on in the background, my guy? That's my AC. This your AC? That shit's on crack. I'll go on mute. Yep. It, it sounds like you're like microwaving your balls just it's, because of how bad this game was. It's because I live in the hood and I'm going to have to call my uh, my landlord tomorrow. But yeah, the AC's going hammer right now. All right. All right. No, yeah, I think at the end of the day, though, it was it was a very rough game, especially to see Kyle Fuller kind of help close out that Denver Broncos game the way he did um, with a batted pass. I, it's really rough. The defensive backfield is tough, and I do think the front seven's great. Akeem Hicks showed up to be positive. Um, but I mean, yeah, the defense just looks like it's completely unraveling. Yeah. You kind of stole one of my main points right away, Lucas. Um, I was actually going to ask all our wonderful viewers, um, how did Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan look today? Incredible. How, how did the Vic Fangio ran defense look today? You know, and that's, that's just something that is just not going away. You know what I mean? It, it's, it really sucks that we have a first time defensive coordinator kind of having to deal with what he's doing right now. And I thought someone made a really good point on Twitter earlier saying there's probably a good reason why defensive coordinators weren't really vying for this job because a lot of it's living in a shadow. You know, it it hit a point where our defense kind of peaked and it was going to be hard whether Vic was here or not to really kind of replicate that. And even when, uh, even when we have a guy like Chuck Pagano, who we notoriously don't like on this podcast, his name is Chuck Pagano for the record. But I mean, like our expectations are so high that even even hovering at like a top 15 defense wasn't good enough for us because we always thought we had the talent. So it's really, you know, I don't want to sit here and, you know, go at Sean Desai or anything like that, because I think, you know, genuine, genuine. I don't think he has the horses, Duke. I don't think he has the horses, to be honest, like Marquis Christian. How the fuck was Marquis Christian in the starting lineup? You'd think Thomas Graham Jr. would have more to add. You'd think a guy like Desmond Trufant would have more to add. I don't know. I, like, even Prince of Mukamara getting him out of retirement. I know someone in our group chat suggested that. Like, man, to have Marquis Christian starting against the Rams on prime time. I think Shelly got injured. I, I know uh, Joey's asking over here. I believe Shelly got injured. Either way, man, Marquis Christian is not cutting it. That is that is not what you could expect to go into the – to the NFL season with against all these offenses that are, I mean, look at what the Jaguars are trying to do with urban Meyer. I'm not saying it's good, but every, everybody's able to pass the ball. Everybody's able to go downfield and seeing that you have not only one weakness, but two weaknesses, you know, Vildor was kind of having his struggles in the preseason, at least Shelly, if you could have one of them locked down the slot. So a guy like Cooper cup, isn't just absolutely tearing you apart. It's, it's impossible to work with. And Eddie Jackson, I'm sorry. Like, I know we have kind of defended him on this podcast. He's fucking playing awful. Like, this was his worst game I've ever seen him have as a Chicago Bear. It was a very terrible display. And I think it's also possibly, I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to look, but I think because Deshaun Gibson was nowhere to be found either. I mean, they, they made a couple plays on that one stop when they had the the Rams backed up to their goal line, which I guess we can get into the there's so many things that Matt Nagy did wrong in this football game. It's kind of disgusting. But the one time the Bears had to stop, you know, the Rams were backed up on their own goal line. Maybe we could have punted a couple more times instead of going for it on fourth and 15. But, I mean, I don't think Desai has the horses. I'm not going to put it all on him. But I do think the safety's kind of are over, overcompensating as well. But when it comes down to Eddie Jackson, I mean, this guy's missing tackles. And it's not 
like he's not there to make the play. He, he, there's a reason why he's always around the ball. He knows what he's doing. He's a very elite player in terms of being around the ball. But if you're going to come in and take bad angles, not chop your feet, not break down, and not make that tackle, especially at the end of the game, he had. I mean, they were out of field goal range, bro. They were they were backed up. They got the penalty. You had him behind the line of scrimmage. You came in like a fucking bat out of hell for no reason. Didn't break down. Didn't do anything. It's just it's poor tackling. And for someone to be getting paid that much, and I know this is going to come back to haunt him. I mean, come on, bro. How are you going to have that video come out? where it's, it's talking about, um, you know, oh, tackling's not going to – yeah, tackling will get you paid. Tackling will get you fucking paid because broken tackles in a secondary is awful to see. We saw it all night tonight. If you look on the other side of the football, Jalen Ramsey is one of the best tackling players in the NFL secondary. I said that going oh, yeah. into it. Too. He's a yeah. savage. Yeah, he, he wraps up. He tries to body people. And it's uh, – it's a, I mean, this may, this may hurt some people's feelings, but it's a fucking man thing. I'm a man. I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. My dog's longer than yours, and you're not going to get past me. It is what it is. I'm going to fucking tackle you. That's what it like. That's what Jalen Ramsey brings to the table. And like, it's not. It's the fighting through blocks too, be Don. That too, yeah. Jalen Ramsey will take it on tight ends, no problem. Yeah, but it like I said, it is. It is something that is is completely right here. It's in the heart, and that's like with DBs. Tackling isn't a part of their bag nowadays. You don't have to be a tackle. You don't even have to have a ta- – you don't even have to register a tackle. If you can cover, they'll play you. A lot of these DBs are half-assed with it. But back to the point about Sean Desai, uh, it brings me back to my football career when I got my first start in, in semi-pro, and it was all the other corners had to work that day. And that's what happened to Sean Desai. And he is fucked, and he has no real opportunity to prove what he can do as a defensive coordinator – or even be somewhat successful because, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you have in the front seven. Does not matter yeah. at all. It doesn't matter at all, yeah. Because if the people on the back end can't cover, as we saw today, we lost by 20. Two of those touchdowns were fucking, you pass your little brother the sticks and he gets burned. You know Bomb. what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. speaking of Eddie Jackson, and I believe it was Deshaun Gibson back there, Van Very Jefferson tough. fell, rolled, had a picnic, yeah. got up, and fucking high right skipped here. into the end right zone. Here. They don't have it there. Anybody could have done that. All you got to do is touch them, bro. Can I toss my two cents in here? Because I got a couple things. Uh, one with the Jalen Ramsey thing. Of course, of course, I've never denied Jalen Ramsey's an insanely talented player. You were hating How, like a No, no, no. no. Listen to me. Listen to me. Let me talk. You guys, I let you guys talk. Listen to me. How hard is it to defend Matt Nagy's defense when our offense has only threw two passes past 10 yards this year? Of course, a press corner who can tackle is going to eat. What in the world do you want from him, dude? Like, we were calling bubble screens. We were calling tight end fucking shovel passes. Of course, Jalen Ramsey's going to play tight the entire game and play at the line because who in the hell is going to beat him over the top? And even if they get beaten over the top, you're going to take your chances with a guy like Andy Dalton, okay? They wouldn't do this against a team like Dallas because when they've played Dallas in the past, Michael Gallup has burned Jalen Ramsey. So I don't want to hear any crap about Jalen Ramsey being elite because he waited against the Chicago Bears. I want to see that against better football teams who can actually stretch the offense. We can't. So to kind of- such a hater, dude. Such a hater. I think no. two passes past 10 yards. Two made- passes past 10 yards. Yeah. And I'll give you that, dude, because you made an incredible point while just sipping on the haterade. We did yeah. play into Jalen Ramsey's strengths. Yes. I'll give you that. And I think he good. can be beat. I think any corner can be beat for sure. But where was dive, the Mooney double? Where was the Mooney double move? I didn't see it once. It matter because to divert to what, yeah, to divert to what Duke was saying. 
he hit the nail on the head. Two passes past 10 yards, bro, and none of them passed, were past 30. That's for damn sure. And it's just if you're if you're a DB and all you're doing is playing to break on the ball, like you see those DPIs that maybe Allen Robinson should have had called against him. Sure. But at the end of the day, you're running fucking curl and drag concepts still. Still, there's no change whatsoever. And to me, I, I'm not going to lie, I do like what Damian Williams brings, and I love what Marquise Goodwin brings. But if they run that, like, fly sweep shit where Marquise Goodwin or Dar Darnell Mooney's in the backfield and comes out on, like, the RPO arc or Damian Williams could get the handoff, that shit was getting blown up every single time. Drive and, killers. Duke, you said drive a great – And you, those are drive killers. Those are minus three yards on first down. And, and I will say – the offense was getting first downs. Sure, they had a great time of possession. Sure. Put up 14 fucking points. You still have the same exact problem. You were able to move the ball with Mitchell Trubisky too. Like, you just couldn't put fucking points on the board other than with Cairo Santos. Am I not right? There were some games where it was three and out city. But for the most part, we're seeing something very similar to what we saw with fucking uh, Mitchell Trubisky. And it's like, does Justin Fields unlock that? Yeah, I, I do think he can. But I think it's also going to be a lot more unscripted improv plays broken because Matt Nagy's a fucking joke well you know and I think that plays really well I don't know if Bidon was making that exact point about the our offense but that kind of plays out to like when you're playing the younger brother in Madden and they finally realize that they can actually move the yardage and get first downs by doing short routes you know and you know because you're gonna play them over the top because they're used to them playing deep and all that that's basically what our offense is dude our offense is a 12 year old who's just coming of age in a mad on Madden and uh finally realizing realizing he can fucking throw curl routes you know what i mean but eventually that shit's gonna go stale and it have 14 points at the end of the game type shit you know what i'm saying like oh my god i scored points yeah did did matt Nagy look distraught at the end of this game to you anyway like he just looked like oh i just took another ass beating well we're on the next week you know it does that instill confidence in you as a player that like oh wow our the guy who's supposed to be leading our team first of all it's bad enough that we're keeping the best, the most talented quarterback on the sidelines besides gadget plays and treating him like he's fucking Tim Tebow or Taysom Hill. But then we have this guy who's just like, well, I just get smoked by the Rams every year. Sean McVay literally eat, takes my fucking milk money and I do it with a smile on my face so I don't get my ass kicked. That's the type of portrayal Matt Nagy put out tonight. And the only time that, I mean... How, it was it was like a jet sweep triple option type bullshit that they were running with Justin Fields. Very college. You know, we've been saying how Matt Nagy runs a college program. Very college-like play. And the only time it worked for positive yardage was when? It was when Justin Fields said, I'm going to do this myself, right? So this offense, and that, here's the thing too. I really like what Goodwin brings to the offense. And as I said, I like what Damian Williams brings. David Montgomery looks a gear faster. No joke. He's exploding through holes. I mean, there are some things positive about this roster. Cole Komet seems to look like he has taken that next step. Jimmy Graham's not on the field, and it's it's just kind of crazy to me that the contract of his and Kyle Fuller's were very similar. You kept Jimmy Graham, didn't use him in the red zone at all, had that one reception where he bodied up Jalen Ramsey, actually kind of made him look like a little kid. I mean, what are we doing here? You kept him. You're not going to fucking use him in the red zone? Like, you yeah. got to the place where he's a specialist. There's no mixture to our offense. Like when it comes to the people that are on the field, we're either focusing on speed or we're focusing on size. There's really no in between. And it, it, it blows my the mind. The rotating of players in and out, including the cornerback, is just fucking insane to me, bro. Well, dude, it just it blows me away that we only saw Jimmy Graham like what for that huge play in the third quarter 
which honestly he completely bodied whoever was trying to cover it was Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just fucking just refused to go down. And it's like, even if you don't like Jimmy Graham, even if you don't think like he should be on this team, you should be able to acknowledge that having him on the field in that, even if he's not getting targets, he's getting attention. There's a, there's a reason why Jalen Ramsey was near Jimmy Graham on that play in the red zone. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of thing you need to try to do. You need a mixture of speed and size just to have as different threats. If you put all your speed guys out there, kind of similar to that Cordero Patterson point you made earlier, Lucas, when you have all your speed guys on the field, chances are we're doing something stupid, like a quick crossing route or a fucking sweep or a triple option or something like that. But when we have size on the field, they will load up the box and then they will fucking expect it to go to our, our tight ends. We have no mixture there. Why the hell can we not have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney on the outside, have two tight end sets with Komet and fucking Jimmy Graham on, on either side. You know what I mean? Like with Montgomery in the backfield, typical single back fucking formation that right there gives so many different options of what you can do. And a guy like Cole Komet can do a little bit of everything. And he proved that tonight. He can run routes down the field. He can run routes in the middle of the field. He can run routes down to the seam. He can go to the fucking sidelines. He was open so many times and didn't get thrown to like the proof is in the fucking film i can't wait to watch the film and wasn't yeah wasn't andy dalton supposed to be that guy that can distribute be the point guard right because and i I, i've got a couple past his first read which i barely saw any of tonight that's my guy bucky books and dj you know i love bucky Bucky and dj a lot they talk about building your wide receiver core and your weapons like a um like a basketball team you want a power forward you want, you know, you want your center, you want your guy, you want your guy that can body someone up. You want your like, you know, extreme athlete. You want your speedster at guard. You, you get what I'm saying? Like you want that mix of different flavors. I mean, beat on what were you seeing? Yeah. I mean, it comes back to play calling. It goes down to execution. And I think just like we talk about this, like those guys can't truly believe they thought they were going to win this game tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like no, going into it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like there's football games that listeners, ourselves included, you know, anybody that's played in where it's like, you know, the little wagon that could usually doesn't would. And tonight there was there was little to no shot, especially considering, you know, you throw a pick in the end zone on the first drive, and that's just like cracking egg in my fucking face. It's like if you get points on that drive, the way they controlled the time of possession, the way they moved the ball. If they, they could have settled for field goals on later drives, like totally different game. But the Bears, I think the thing that is the most significant about the Matt Nagy era, and I guess we don't talk about it enough, but when faced with adversity, this team folds up like the goddamn chair on your front porch. And there's no debate about it. Uh, it's a heart thing. I think – the players have to want to play better. They have to execute. And yes, I know the coach needs to put them in a better position to win. But, and then too, even like you guys talked about, the fucking ownership needs to put better players on the field. I should not be looking at Marquis Christian on Sunday night football against a team that is like the, the second best odds to win the, the fucking NFC. You know what I'm saying? So it's like accountability. I couldn't get a water when I went to the fucking game. It took me two hours. The entire organization is a shitbox from top to bottom, all parties included. Figure it the fuck out. And <laughs> beat on it all down mode. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm fucking serious. David Montgomery, thank you for my touchdown today. Listen, but it's fucking ridiculous. It is, it is absurd. 
I'm glad you brought him up because there, it's true. And I think there is a heart element to it, and there is a lack of execution on the player side, but I, I kind of agree with with Duke, too. I feel like they're beat down. I, I feel like they're just kind of sick of what ha- what is happening and how they watch this team kind of deteriorate. That's why you could have never brought Nagy back because it's like it's the literal definition of insanity. There's You're about- running through the same process again with the same coach, the same GM, the same lunch meat, gabagool, motherfucking tie-wearing motherfucker. I'm sorry for our listeners. That was a lot of that was a little bit too much, but you know what I'm saying. It, it, it stuff needs to change. They showed Virginia in the booth. Sell the team. I don't care. Buzz, if you're listening, you would be happy to hear that. Get everyone out. Figure it out. Get a new regime in, and let's ride because it's not working, and it never will with it as currently constructed from top to bottom. And you'd think this is an overreaction for week one, but it's not. It's not. We know what we're gonna get. And that's the sad thing about it. This We're going to be here with you every single game. Huh. That's for sure. And and here, there are some, there's, as Vidan said, there were a lot of guys that didn't play like they seemed like they wanted to win. I'll tell you a few guys that did seem like they, because I don't want to just sit here and rag on it. Dave Montgomery played that game like he thought they could win that game. Absolutely. Roquan Smith played that way. Akeem Hicks played that way. Marquise Goodwin played that way. And um, your boy Cole Clement played that way, in my and opinion. Justin, Those are the- Fields, Justin Fields on the six plays that he Justin got. Fields, you could see it in his fucking eyes how upset he is. You could All see right. it. You could see that he knows he could be that difference maker. He could be that explosive element that this fucking offense lacks with Andy Dalton, only throwing the ball past 10 yards two times, right? And I'm sure, sure they yeah. would have said, I'm sure if he had one past 20, they would have mentioned that. For so I would assume short of the it was a 12 and a 17-yard Yeah. So there are two guys I would add to your list, Lucas, and it would be James Daniels and Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair they was did, They yeah. did a masterful job against Aaron Donald. I, I think not- Sam, Sam Mustafer probably deserves some credit, too. I'm going to have to look a little bit closer on the film to see what his responsibilities were on every play. But I saw James Daniels and Cody Whitehair going to war every single snap against Aaron Donald. And one-on-one a few times and, and held their own on one-on-one. There was one... There was one there where Aaron Donald got through and it led to a sack where Cody Whitehair got beat. But you you got to expect that. You're going one-on-one against the best defensive player. I mean, that was, that was near the end of the game where it was, you know, dude, all the gooses were cooked at that point. You know, everyone was already walking outside. I get it, but you still, want, you still want quality reps. We still want to yeah. see quality reps. You know once what I mean? We didn't, once we didn't get that fourth and 15, which like – they should have kicked the field goal, but I, at the same time, I, I can't hate the on whole, it. I, yeah, my dad was trying to say that too, and I was like, the only thing is, is it's like it's like kicking a field goal when you're down fourteen to three. It's like it does you no good because you or not even fourteen three. It would be seventeen three because you still need you still need two touchdowns to win the game or get the back. The thing that gets me with that though is like if you know if, if you know it's four down territory on third down, why why are you trying to take that big of a shot? Get yeah. yarded. Like if, well, you're, if Cole, you're fully prepared for field possession game too, it's Cole, not like the game is completely Cole Komet, out. Cole Komet dropped one that probably would have been worth seven or eight, and then and then there was the sack, which I mean, for fuck's sake, Andy Dalton, just throw it away. Just like, throw it at Dave Montgomery's feet. Yeah, it, that's not going to be grounding. Throw it at his feet. He's been in that situation so many times, and then you know you're supposed the, to be the veteran, bro. The third down play was decent, but you know when you need 25, you need a couple more, and then fourth down was GGs, and that's when I picked up and left. But yeah, I mean we're playing Cincinnati next week, and Cincinnati they got receivers. They, they have receivers. They cost me that. They cost me a little, little coin today. Yeah, I'll Joe say. Burrow. 
Joey I mean, B can sling it. There's no they doubt. Co- they cost me some money, but they also saved me some money because I was going to bet the Packers. And after I bet money on the Vikings and they lost, I was like, I refuse to bet for anyone in my same division. So go Saints. The yeah. Saints just face fuck the Packers, which, hey, it could have been that bad. It wasn't that bad. It was a very poor showing. Very, very <laughs> poor showing for the Packers. But, I mean, the Bears didn't look any better, so I can't really say much. Let's get into the offensive line real quick, though, because Jason Peters, I thought they were actually more formidable, and they were getting rid of the ball very quickly, but I thought they were more formidable than I thought. I thought Effetti actually had a better game than I anticipated as well. But um, Peters went down with a quad. I'd assume it's something minor. Um, but that was kind of something you thought you were going to get with him. And, and then I thought, Borum, and then Borum went down too. That seems like it might be a little bit more serious, but yeah, yeah, no, it's like, okay, you went into the season without a left tackle. You got a guy that was old and kind of washed. And, and, and to be honest, I didn't think he looked horrible. Uh, I mean, for, from what I expected, he's just so damn big. It's hard to get around him for a pass rush. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think his footwork is always going to be his number one fucking skill that'll keep him in the league, you know, if he wants to keep playing, that is. But um, I do have to say, and I don't have the clip on hand, I'll probably I'll have to send it to you, Lucas. I'm sure it's, it's been circling around Twitter quite a bit. But he picked up a blitzer at one point in this game and just sent him to the fucking shadow realm, and it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, dude, you can still see, like, this isn't an Orlando Pace situation where Orlando Pace was cooked from the very second he signed the contract. Jason Peters looks like he still has a little bit something left in the tank. Maybe it's like 65% of what a full tank would be, but there's still something there, and that still kind of resembles an offensive lineman that belongs on the field. 65, 65% of a tank will still get you to the next quick trip in Kankakee, bro. Yeah, dude, straight up, man. And if you get to the next quick trip, you're gonna you're gonna have everything possible to you to make it wherever the hell you got to go after that. But um, I, like as long as he stays healthy, which obviously is gonna be the big question, we kind of lucked into him. Like I don't I don't want Ryan Pace to get too much credit for getting a guy like Jason Peters who looks formidable. I also don't want him to get a lot of credit for Jermaine Effetti looking good because these should have been addressed with an actual legitimate free agent to at least be the backup swing tackle for both guys. You know what I mean? And especially if you're not going to, if you're not going to give a guy like Alex Barr's reps, who I love, I mean, then like go get somebody that we're you're going to give reps to, you know what I mean? We're in Elijah Wilkerson territory and it's week two. And that's, that's not that's, good. It's uh, not a good Elijah territory Wilkerson, to be swimming in. He looked, he looked bad in the preseason. That's when, like, well, and if you really think about it, when things started to crumble for the Bears offense, insert Elijah Wilkerson. Yeah. And I would, it got really I would, bad. I would much rather have Jason Peters after like a month long fishing trip over Elijah Wilkerson, like full on ready to go. That's where I'm at. All I'll say say is if Matt Nagy doesn't shape up or ship out, he's going to be on a fishing trip before Christmas. I I don't have our first firing. I would love, I mean, I would love for nothing more, you know, to have our first in season firing. Cause here's the thing. I don't like Cordero Patterson, just like, being used in the wrong ways. That's how he's using Justin Fields. I don't want him to be used as an option quarterback taking fucking hits the only time he's on the field. You don't trade up in the first round and mortgage the future for that. Not even that. You're not developing him. It's one thing if he's taking the hits behind a bad offensive line, throwing the ball, reading defenses, going through progressions, making tough throws like pinned against the sideline. No, you're just putting him there to get you four yards on a first down. It's idiotic, bro. This guy has no business running a franchise. Like, when you really think about it that way, what is he doing? Would the Jets use Zach Wilson that way? And I, obviously, Justin Fields is way more athletic, but don't would bring, they? Don't bring the Niners into that because that's how they use Trey Lance today. 
They put them in packages, though. It wasn't just go on for one play and come back out. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And and it was funny because, like, I loved every time Justin Fields would go into the game, they showed uh, – they would show Andy Dalton on the sideline with that, like, cheesy little smirk and he's laughing or whatever. Like, ha, 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 this is a, this is a fun little – fun little event it's like no they're not they're not even taking this seriously man it's not even like we prepared for like situations where this is where justin Fields is going to come in like the one throw they let him fucking toss was an immediate one read pop it wasn't even like a full progression type throw or whatever well, at least with trey lance with the way they used him today from what i saw they actually gave him some, like a route tree to work with with some of his receivers you know what i mean they didn't just put him in there oh read option run or or we're going to decoy you while we pan the ball off. It's like, and that's the big difference between Kyle Shanahan and Matt Nagy is Kyle Shanahan actually knows he's actually building real experience for Trey Lance by doing this and actually running offensive plays. He would run normally. Whereas Matt Nagy's just tossing him in there as a novelty. So he doesn't get destroyed in the media next week. And aside from how, because we're going to wrap up here, but I want to have one last point aside from how bad the defense was aside from all that, there were plays in this game, and I feel like every game kind of boils down. That's why I think quarterbacks are a win. Uh, cor- wins are a quarterback stat. There are a few plays in every single game that boil down, and a quarterback has to make a play, and that means the difference between winning and losing. And truthfully, before it got out of hand, Andy Dalton had an opportunity to make those plays, and he did not make them. Did he look okay moving the ball? Sure. But when it really came down to it and plays need to be made, they were not made. It's that simple. And and if if I can make one final point before we kind of uh, shore it up too is like if you have a guy that's hot, use him, dude. Ride the hot hand, please. David Montgomery was on another level tonight. He was the best offensive player on the field. Like let's be straight, he was a guy who was running as hard as humanly possible. And whereas like I I've seen you, Lucas, and I've seen a couple other people and all that say that like it seems like he's gained a step. I think he's always had this. He's just exerting so much more into every single snap he gets because his opportunity window is so small. He had 17 touches today on 69 total offensive plays. Nice. But, I mean, that's 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 ridiculous. Like, this was by far the best offensive player on the field. Dude, feed him the rock like even when even when our offense was terrible during like say the lovey era and we had matt forte on the field if matt was hot that day guess who the offense ran through matt forte it didn't matter who the coordinator was even mark tressman was had enough smarts in his head that said hey matt's going off today we should probably keep giving matt forte the ball he's just seeing the field well right like yeah that's just you know basic 101 like the basic science uh, it's just uh, – it's 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 inexcusable. Yeah, and the crazy part to me is, you know, you don't even get the Rams in midseason form. You get the Rams in week one where truly anything can happen. And like you said, Lucas, and even what I said, you know, it was a winnable game. There was opportunities to make plays, and there was opportunities to bring the Bears closer and, and back into this game, and he wasn't able to do it. And I don't know. I don't think he played his worst game. I don't think he met expectations, I guess you would say. Um, but he didn't, he wasn't the only reason why we lost or even the reason. He was Andy fucking Dalton. That's exactly what he was. He was exactly what we expected and what we anticipated. He was like a perfect, he's like a perfect Dalton, perfect preseason quarterback where you're just like, all right, I don't care about scoring points. Just like get first downs and move the ball. Show me that you can move the ball with these plays. 
he's the perfect quarterback that if you're having a fairly successful season and your starting quarterback gets actually a pretty decent injury and you don't want him to play through it, you start Andy Dalton for a game or you start Andy Dalton for a half. If your quarterback gets a concussion or something, that's where Andy Dalton is. Oh dude, you know what? You know what that, that brings up a good point. He's reached that level of quarterback where he's in the backup quarterback Colt, you know, the Colt McCoys of the world, um, the John Wolfords, the guys that just bounce around and stay around. The clipboard holders, the Josh McCowns. He's, he's had a lot more though than those guys. Like he's fuck him. He's, he's just old, and, he, and he's just his game was already. It was already kind of out at the back end. He wasn't very yeah. good at being that. What type of quarterback he is, a distributor, and the game has kind of moved on from that. Oh yeah, did and you it's guys just like? He's just not good. It's just he's, it, he's but, Matt Schwab. He's Matt Schaub after he left Houston. Oh no. But did you guys see him break the R2 on his controller when he got that first down? He just <sighs> little first down scamper for Andy Dalton. I was like, that's my fucking red rifle. He, he definitely moved a lot better than Nick Foles, but yeah, having holy both shit. of them hurts. Holy shit. Nick, and, and, Foles, Nick Foles is still paid and employed by the Bears more money than we'll ever fucking see in a lifetime. Yeah, dude, I, I just love how much money he's paid to be inactive on Sundays. That's just – that's awesome. And we have – you know, I'm not even going to get into it, but yeah, yeah you know, that's just but that awesome. goes that goes back to the level of incompetency that you get if you want the full Chicago Bears experience. And part of that full Chicago Bears experience is listening to Jagoffs like us after the game. Yeah, and I, I just I think we're ready to see Justin Fields. I think we're um we're beyond ready. We were ready as soon as he was drafted. It's time to um get the new the era band, started. Rip the bandaid off. Get it. You out know, here. you got you got a good five six weeks with. I think that's that's kind of what you need to test out right now, right? You have five six weeks to play with Justin Fields, see if he can make you a winner. If you are a winner, then you you play. You play to make the playoffs and you play to win. If you aren't, you see exactly what's working well with him, what meshes with his style, what players work for him. And you fucking trade everything else because the last thing you need to do is put this kid into a Jay Cutler situation where you have a revolving door at tackle, guard, center, blah, 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 blah. You don't have coordinator. And it is someone that didn't like Cutler. He got the short end of the stick the same way Mitch got the short end of the stick. But Mitch was in a way better situation than Cutler except for his head coach. So I think all in all – it's time to start looking at what we got here. You know what I mean? Like it, you do not, it's, we don't want to have the title of the story be how to fuck up a rookie window two times, eight years straight for two terms, how to fuck it up twice. That's not what the Bears story needs to be. Two different presidents, entire terms. I can be optimistic if I'm watching and and evaluate and seeing what's going to happen for the future. Um, And I'm not, like I said, I'm not cashing out on this season, but you need to see Justin Fields. You need to see if he can make this team a winner because it's not going to be a winner with Andy Dalton. I think it's pretty fucking clear. And I think the Rams are a very good team. I do think they took a step back on defense. That's why we were running the ball down their throats um, with, you know, that's why our offensive line didn't look as bad. Like they did lose some players. So I will say they're probably going to be a top 12 unit. I don't think they're going to be the number one unit again. Their offense is extremely fucking explosive. That's a tough look for the Bears when they have a brand new defensive backfield um, with Marquee Christian featuring Marquee Christian on the roster. Marquee Christian. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that's, it, it is what it is. You got to see, you got to start making, trying to get W's and you're not going to do that with Andy Dalton. You're not, you're not building towards the future. You only have four years for Justin Fields to have a very minimal contract where you're able to kind of stack up and make some of these free agent signings you want. Um, as much as I love a Rob, you know, th- these there's, they're going to have to, you're going to have to treat this season 
like a developmental season for Justin Fields, and you have to see if you're going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. It's that simple. And flat out, flat out simple. Marquis Christian sounds like a player that you end up drafting after you've played a full season of Madden. I'm sorry to ride the guy. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. This kid has no business being on a fucking field on prime time. But listen, though, that, again, goes to the level of incompetency of the Chicago Bears, where it's like we have people that, like Duke said, I don't think he said it on the pod. He said it in the group chat. We have people starting on this team that don't have business being on many 53-man rosters in the NFL. And I still think there's a lot of talent. I think there's a lot of talent sprinkled throughout this roster. It's not a bad roster. It's not like a Philadelphia Eagles type. Eagles New York like Jets. Today, bro. Yeah, but I mean, they're playing the Falcons. <laughs> it's not one of those bottom feeder rosters. There are some really, really like top tier players on this on this roster. Um, but they need to be utilized properly, and we're not seeing that. But on that note, um, we love you guys. We're going to be back on Wednesday to uh, break down this this uh, what do we got? Bengals game, Bengals game. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Higgins, T Higgins coming into town. Another big test for these DBs. That um, defense, that defense is stingy as fuck too. They were playing nice today. I think the Vikings are the most overrated roster in the league. Everyone else went zero one in the division, by the way. So division yep. race is wide open. Tied for Packers first place. Are trash. Yep. Tied for first place. Packers are trash. Uh, we love you guys though. Go ahead and follow Bears on Tap for all your um, Bears content that you need. Also follow On Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. Go ahead and follow me at Lucas on Tap. Also follow that pod guy Duke Duke Coughlin and beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez. We love you guys and bear down. Bear down. Bear down.